Welcome into the lounge. The 2021 NFL draft has come to a close. And the Ravens, I gotta say, day three might have been my favorite day. I really like day one a lot. I love the Ben Cleveland pick. We'll get to our picking our favorite picks. Yeah. But day three, I'm a big fan. Big fan of day three. You know why that is, Garrett? Because you watched the tape? No. Because I hit on one of my picks. <laughs> this, that was, you know, if you if we go back, you, first of all, you get a pat on the back. You get credit. I give credit where credit's due. You nailed the Sean Wade pick. And and I gave you credit when we did the podcast going into the draft. I said, I like that pick. I said, that's a good pick. I like it. I can see that one coming You true. don't get any... You don't get any points for saying you yeah, liked well, my pick. Well, here's the thing. To get here's some the points. Thing. You know, I could have taken Wade, but I knew you were going to take him. And I wanted to take <laughs> you Wade. You did not. But I can't, we can't have the exact same mock draft. So I had <laughs> to not take him, even though I would have loved you know, to take him. So I, I let you have him. Said it was a get good pick. Get out of here. And it is a good pick. It, uh, in all honesty, I really do like that pick because he is somebody who first, second round talent slides to the fifth round. Insurance policy for Tavon Young, so I like that pick. But you get credit for that one. I'll give you that one. I went 0 for 9. Or Yeah, 9 picks, right? No, 0 for 9. 9. Yep. <laughs> I got one. Yeah. I got one, and I want half a, uh, half a point. You don't get it. Because I tweeted, yes, because I tweeted on Thursday morning at 10.38 a.m. that if Tillon Wallace got into the third round, that he could be a guy that I could definitely see the Ravens taking. Well, first of all, and you ended up taking. You left out the part where you said the se- late second round they could trade up and get him, or no, 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 trade back in the second and get him, or to the third. That's true. So I said second, third. Hey, man, he should have been drafted that high. We got a steal in the fourth. Right. So, so it was your it was your classic move of being off by about 40, 50 picks on a player. <laughs> Look, I just know who looks like a Raven. Who's a Raven? I know who's a Raven, and that Tylen Wallace is a Raven, and I called it. So I want half. I'm not saying full credit. He wasn't in the official seven round. No, 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 no. But I want half credit. I think that's 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 a point and a half for me this no, year. You, you get deducted a half point for just throwing out so many names and then hoping they hit. It's like you got. I'm going to start charging you for names that you throw out there. If you just if if you have to pay a dollar for every name that you throw out there, then that's going to really make you limit your actual picks to the guys that you think we're going to draft, rather than just throwing stuff up against the wall and seeing what sticks. Has has your third round pick of Cornell Powell? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Seriously, I don't think he has. I hated I hated that pick. I hated that pick for me when I when I made it on the mock. Oh my god, that's hilarious! And Jamar Johnson went in the fifth. Your third round safety. You, you want to talk about being off? <laughs> you were way off. Well, I liked him on my board. You know, this is a difficult. This is a difficult year. Everyone's got a different board this year. You might have predicted like five undrafted free agents. No, Trey Hill just got drafted. You might drafted. have had a single un- five undrafted guy. You know, here's 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 you, sometimes you got to be bold. I was bold in my mock this year. <laughs> it didn't work out for me. So next year I'm going to go back to the basics. <laughs> All right. Anyway. All right. We'll stop talking about our seven round mocks. I, I'll end it with this. <laughs> when the Ravens did draft Tylen Wallace, I literally was dancing. My father-in-law was like, "What? You must really love this player." I was like, "Yeah, I do, but I really love that I hit my pick." Was, you mean Sean Wade? I was dancing around the house. Huh? You, you were doing that for Sean Wade? Or I'm okay, sorry, okay. yes, for Sean okay. Wade. I'm sorry, yeah, for Sean. I'm Wade. like, you're doing a dance around the house for a half point. I mean, that was a mini dance. That was a shimmy. <laughs> that was a shimmy. I gave the full dance for Sean Wade. All right, so let's go through it. 
we have already done the full breakdown of the of the first round, which we did late Thursday night. We'll talk about those picks a little bit, but just overall, like, what is your biggest takeaway from draft weekend? My biggest takeaway is that the Ravens filled a lot of needs except for one obvious one, and that was an offensive tackle. But, you know, they checked a lot of boxes with a lot of players that, you know, have some high, have high upside, uh, a lot of athleticism, but still played at big time schools, you know, like power five schools. So, you know, my take, my big takeaway on day three was it just seemed like they got great value on a lot of these picks. I mean, we talk about Tylen Wallace. You know, here's a guy that some people had as a second round pick. You know, now you get him in the fourth round. Sean Wade could have been one of the top cornerbacks potentially. If he had just opted out last year, if he had opted out and not played in 2020, he was probably going to be like a second round pick based off his, his 2019 film. Right. You know? And he was one of those guys that really hurt him to come back and play. Um, but so that's a tremendous value to me in the fifth. You know, then you got some just Ravens guys. You got some Ravens guys with uh, Ben. Ben what's, Mason. What's his last name? Ben Mason. That's a Raven through and through. <laughs> I mean, I, I loved Harbaugh saying it's his parents' favorite player. Jack and Jackie Harbaugh's favorite player. Uh, yeah. uh, he, he does. I, it was also a good tweet from Patrick Ricard doing the Superman meme of basically them pointing yep. at each other. That Spider-Man. 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 Yeah. Because, like. They are. When you listen to him talk about what he's done and where he, his game and his attitude, he's played multiple spots. He can be a fullback. He can be a tight end. He's played defense. I'm like, he wore number 42 at the Senior Bowl. Did he wear 42 at Michigan? He wore 42 at the Senior Bowl. I know that. And I'm like, is this Patrick Ricard? This is like, this is the same guy. So he's he's a, a ideal fit in this Ravens offense. Like that's that's the type of guy that, you know. May may not be as great of a player on another team, but in this offense with the way the Ravens want to play, really good fit. Yep, yep. And then and then uh, you know they also get Dalen Hayes, who's you know an, another one of these fifth round developmental pass rushers, yep. high character guy. You know, just good athlete. He's just kind of scratching the surface. Like he's still figuring out how to put it all together. Uh, so I think that's a, a really intriguing pick. Um, and then who's the last one that I'm missing here from today? No, I got yeah, them all. I was going to say, I think you had them all. Hit them all. That's all. Yeah. So, yeah, just a lot of good value, guys that you can develop. Um, I, I really liked today. But I think we should go back, and, and let's just talk about each guy. Well, um, sure. 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 I, I mean, I, I, I did like today. But I, my, my big picture thought on it is that the Ravens, they, 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 got, they were focused on adding – value i thought in this draft rather than certainly they address some needs but we all when we did our pre-draft analysis videos we all said that offensive line like offensive line i think was number one for everyone across the board we said what's the biggest need and really that's the tackle spot because of the orlando trade so they didn't address that and you say oh man that's that's tough but there there was tremendous value so in the first round they get rashad bateman and Adafe Owe, who DaCosta said were both top 20 players. Both top 20 players. So you get two guys in your top 20 at 27 and 31. That's great value. Then you go to day two, and you get big country uh, Ben Cleveland, who Harbaugh has been raving about for the last month. Um, so, like, there was – and then we just talked about today, how, how you get Sean Wade, um, how you get um, 
Tylen Wallace. Like value to me is what stood out about this draft. Yep. Yeah, I, I completely agree. But uh, you know, yes, they didn't get a right tackle to replace Orlando Brown, uh, and and I think we should talk about that a little bit more. But they addressed every other need. I mean, wide receiver was still obviously a big need of theirs. Did it? Got two pass rushers. I mean, they had to they had to kind of restock that room at outside linebacker. They get one in the first round and another in the fifth round. Check that off. Then you you go into day two. All right. You get Brandon Stevens, who they project as a free safety. That It says cornerback. Eric DaCosta is looking at him like he's going to be the free safety that we were all talking about, right? Guy who can play, make plays on the ball, a lot of PBUs in college. He's a, he's a little bit of a project just because he's so new to the position, only been playing it for two years after converting from running back. But, you know, here's a projection player that, that they have a lot of conviction on uh, with Brandon Stevens out of SMU. Ben Cleveland is just... A freaking he that guy is Mount Rushmore. <laughs> I mean, he go, yeah, goodness gracious, yeah. That there's a lot of kind of projections. I feel like in this, and I do want to mention that I, I mentioned that the other night. But Ben Cleveland's not one of them. He's more of a finished pro. Like you know exactly what he is. He's not like yeah. developmental. He is a big mountain of a man, Mauler, who you can put in at left guard and just pave the way for Lamar yep. and the running backs. Yeah, it was funny when when the Ravens drafted Ben Cleveland. I was like, "All right, like uh, this might be the KO 2.0." You know, this is Clutchy Assemble. And then I look up, I'm like, "This guy makes KO look small." <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, they're not going to put Ben Cleveland on Mount Rushmore. He is Mount Rushmore. <laughs> he he I is. Mean, goodness gracious! And so, the big country. I, I really like that pick. You know. Ben Cleveland might not like fit every offense mm-hmm. very well, you know. Like if you're trying to put him in Gary Kubiak's, yep. you know, spread him out, cut run style, he's he's going to struggle. But that's what the Ravens do so well is they marry what their scouts see with the coaches and their scheme, and and he's just a perfect fit for that. So I I agree with you, man. I, I mean, it's going to be a lot of competition at left guard. I mean, I think we can say right now that Bradley Bozeman is going to move to center. I would be surprised if he doesn't. Sure looks that way. Um, it sure looks that way. Uh, it's going to be a lot of competition at left guard because the Ravens have drafted a lot of guards. That was the thing. Uh, that's why I didn't even really – I feel like – I'm disappointed because I feel like if I had looked at Ben Cleveland, I would have been like, yeah, the Ravens are going to take him. Third round, huge baller, the offensive lineman. Yeah, that'll be a Ravens pick. But I was really looking at the offensive tackles and centers – and not so much at the guards, just because I felt like they have so many guards, right? I mean, they've drafted a lot of guards recently. Ben Powers two years ago. Last year, Ben Bredesen. You already have Patrick McCary, who, if he's not a center, he's a guard. I mean, he was a college guard. He was a tackle right? in college. He's a college tackle. He was a college tackle. I thought he plays guard mostly. He in played college. tackle in college. Small well, school. Sorry, this guy can play anywhere. Right. Um, so you just you just had a lot of young guards. Right. And and so I felt like they were more likely to address tackle. But I think that maybe part of the reasoning is I a, I think they just really love Ben Cleveland and how he fits. But also I think it's easier to find a plug and play guard in the middle rounds than it is a tackle. Yeah. Right? Like the tackles that can suit up for you day one, make an instant impact, which I think the Ravens wanted to do with this offensive line, right? Like they they got Zeitler, but they needed another impact starter out of this draft on the offensive line. They didn't take one with Tevin Jenkins. So the easiest way to do that was to get a guard on, on day two 
and just plug him in at left guard and then shift over Bradley Bozeman. Yeah, I think the other factor there, and uh, this I thought it was pretty insightful hearing from Harbaugh during the recap press conference. I think the Ravens are really high on Tyree Phillips as a right tackle. Um, you know, Harbaugh yeah. talked about him and how he's he was kind of a late bloomer, started football late. You know, it kind of sounded like a draft analysis uh, for a guy who's in his se- going into his second season. And Tyree well, that was, was Harbaugh's guy last year. Remember? Yeah, Harbaugh or uh, Tyree was hurt a decent amount last year. They moved him around, but maybe they're saying, "All right, we got our guards. We're set. If Tyree doesn't win a starting job, he can be a, a swing tackle. He could be a, he can basically play four spots along the line." And he, maybe he ends up being the starting tackle. And then there's also the possibility of adding the veteran, um, you know, one of the guys that the Ravens brought in to play right tackle too. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't completely roll, rule out signing two of them if it comes oh, to Oh, you would think that okay would surprise. That, I would be surprised if the Ravens signed two. Vets. I would be surprised, but they need, they need a starting right tackle and a swing guy. So Tyree could be one of those guys, certainly. Yeah. Um, I just, yeah. I just think they obviously need to make sign one of them, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's nothing against Tyree. You know, I, I think that he, yeah, I mean, it's getting starter reps, and he started a, a number of games last year as a rookie. That's invaluable time for yeah. a guy like him who is kind of a, you know, a little bit raw coming out of college, but he's got the, the physical tools. Um, he, you know, it's just funny when I heard Eric talking about how much John loved Ben Cleveland. You know, that's what John was saying last year about Tyree Phillips, if you remember. Eric was mm-hmm. like, yeah, John just loved Tyree Phillips, and, like, this pick was for John. He, I think he had the same exact quote right, two years right. in a row. This pick was for John. <laughs> that was his offensive lineman. So, you know, um, John's, John's stockpiling his O-line. Yeah, two big, two big boys, very similar types. Um, well, they have the same nickname. The I know. Nickname Big Country. Well, that's that's the scouting report. John says, "All right, is anybody named Big Country out there?" That's that's what I want. <laughs> that's what I'm I'm doing the control F, control find on the whole scouting reports next year when I'm reading trying to make my picks. <laughs> Who's got the nickname of Big Country? Yeah, I'm taking him in my mock. Just to close the uh, Ben Cleveland conversation. Perfect nickname for him. Obviously, you can you can see it when you talk to him. And when he did his press conference, you can hear the crickets. He's like outside. You can hear like the, there's the crickets in the background. There's yep. <laughs> it's like this guy is in the country. It's perfect. Well, he's from he's from what backwoods Georgia. Yeah, it felt like when he sent his his video to Ravens fans that he was backwoods somewhere. Hold on, I'm gonna find this. He's he's from he's from backwoods <laughs> backwoods. Wait, here we go. He grew up in a small town of Tacoa with about eight thousand people in it in northern Georgia. There you go. So there you go. I mean, the guy, the guy shoots and eats squirrels. Yeah. Have you ever? E- yeah. You don't. You saw that, right? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. You don't eat squirrel. No, I don't eat squirrel. <laughs> I'm. I'm a. Now I'm a country boy, Garrett. But I'm. But I've never eaten squirrel. <laughs> All <laughs> would right. You, would you eat a squirrel? Sure. It was maybe I'd try it. I don't think I would go out of my way, but I might try it. If Ben says have a bite, you take a bite. If big, if. if <laughs> If Ben's if Ben's cooking them up, serving them up, I'm on board. What if it's still got the head attached? No, I'm out you, on that. You can you can see like a little. I'm out on that. I'm out on that. Um, all right, all right. So let's let's talk through some of these other picks here. Um, okay. Let's go back to night one. Now that we've like kind of digested that, we're all over the map. We're going back to night one. Well, we, we barely even really addressed that here. If we go back now that we have a little bit more time to to think through it. 
What is your what are your thoughts on on? And we also had a chance to meet him. Both Rashad Bateman yes. uh, and Odafe Owe were in the building on Friday, so I had a chance to meet them. Uh, which you know you just get a little bit more of a feel for a guy. It's just hard. Like you do the press conference right after the pick. It's emotional. There's a million people screaming in the background. It's late. It's just like hard to get kind of any feel for a guy. But when they came mm-hmm. in the next day, you could get a little more of that. Yeah. What stood out to me about Bateman is that that guy is confident. Like he yeah. he has some serious confidence. I don't. It didn't. It's not like it came across as like a selfish or anything like that. But he or arrogant. Like he is. He's confident. I asked him, well, "What's your goal? Thousand yards? No hesitation. No hesitation. Not like oh, <laughs> I love know, it. this. Uh, uh, he wants thousand yards. And then and it's kind of like Hollywood. Hollywood has that about him as well. Yeah, Hollywood is very confident. And also then then asked him about you know just where that comes from and how important that is. And he basically went on to say. Yeah, I've I felt all along that I'm the best receiver in the draft, and like that's the way I that's what I've believed the entire time, and don't really doubt that. And obviously, there's some really good receivers at the top of this draft, so I know a lot of guys say that, but he didn't seem like to me as I was trying to read, mm-hmm. he didn't seem like someone who was saying it to to convince himself. Like he has that confidence, he carried himself that way, and, and that was evident from the time he walked in the building. Yeah, I, I agree. I really liked his persona. I thought he was like kind of down the business, you know, uh, in, in his press conference, like he just was kind of all about that business, you know? And Hey, I like a nice fun guy too, but like the way he carried himself was, I thought impressive. I like a guy with a little edge Anquan Bolden. I'll tell you, you had to tell the funniest joke in the world to get Anquan Bolden, <laughs> you know? And I kind of like that in my wide receiver, you know? <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I, I really liked him. And I, I honestly felt the same way about Odafe Owe, you know, I, I've I've liked Bateman throughout this whole pre-draft process. Like when I watch his highlights, I'm like, yeah, sign me up for that dude. I just didn't think they were going to take a wide receiver because of what this offense is. You know, I just, I just, I don't know. I just didn't have a lot of conviction that Eric was going to spend another first round pick on a wide receiver. I thought he'd probably take another mid round shot at one and then kind of keep rolling that way. Um, but kudos to him. And I, and I think it's a good move, man. If, if you're going to address that position, which they needed to, then take one at the top. Yeah. Take one at the top. I thought you made um, a good point about, I, I thought that was a good point from you about like, now they did add another one to Tyler Wallace, but I think that goes back to the value thing, but they, they've got young depth players at that spot. You do need the, the top end. And, and that's yep. what they ho- certainly hope for Shad Bateman becomes. I mean, they feel like he's a true number. That he's a number one. Yep. You know, I mean, the Ravens fans have been clamoring for. They feel like he is, and he feels like he is. I asked him that point blank. You feel like you're a quote unquote a number one? He's like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and so hey, I really hope so. That Ravens fans have been asking a long time for that kind of guy. I think Rashad Bateman could. I think I also really like, and this is one thing I've been thinking about since the first night, is to me Rashad Bateman is a high ceiling player. Or, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He's a high floor player. Like he is very polished. I, I was talking about that on Thursday night. Very polished with his routes and feel for the game. And you know his hands are really good. Like you know, does he? He's not like a top top notch. You know, the best athletic guy in this wide receiver class. You know, I mean, there's faster guys. There's bigger guys. There's more sudden guys. There's more explosive guys. All that stuff, right? Like he wasn't an off the t- charts tester. But he's just an off the charts wide receiver. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like he knows how to play the game and he does almost everything. You know, he does everything really, really well. Yeah. So 
I like that, you know, especially for a team that has had a lot of misses at wide receiver in the draft. Let's take, you know, we, we got a guy who's pretty darn good and we're pretty confident he's going to be a very good pro. Let's take that guy near, at, at the back end of the round one. Mm-hmm. Sign me up for that. And the last thing I'll say about Bateman, like, and the whole number one receiver thing, I still really like Hollywood Brown. I think that, like, I'm still very high uh, on him, and I think that he took a, a step last year, especially after struggling, I thought, in the middle of the season when the offense was just kind of out of sorts and Lamar was out of sorts. I thought that Hollywood came on stronger down the stretch. He played great, and he's played great in the playoffs the past two seasons. So I'm still high on Hollywood. I think that adding Bateman only can help Hollywood. Like, I, I think that, like, if if you have more attention on the other side of the field – You've already got a lot of attention in the middle of the field where Mark Andrews makes his makes his money, and there's so much going on there. If you can pull some safety help away from Hollywood side, and and just and, and Greg Roman talked about this, make defenses defend all 53 yards, you know, 53 and a half wide, 100 yards long, and they got to defend all of that. Well, that does really change things for the offense, and I think that that will help Hollywood, that will help Mark Andrews, that will help the running game, and uh, I think that the Ravens have the pieces to kind of help take this offense to that next level from a passing game standpoint that we've talked about. Yeah, absolutely, and I think they intend to. Yeah. Um, All right, let's go on to Odafe Owe. Um, You know, I I did not think they were going to draft Odafe Owe. You know, I mean, we grilled Daniel Jeremiah when he came on the podcast, and he predicted that one, and we were like, uh, you sure about this one, right. Daniel? Pretty pretty much that's what we asked him. Yeah. You know? And, like, I just thought that, you know, they are a team that has said a lot of times that they put a high value on college production, and he didn't have any sacks last year. And, uh, you know, so, hey, I will admit, you know, I was one of those guys that looked at that stat line, I'm like, Mm, it, it scares me that this guy has all the tools but just didn't get the sacks, you know? Yeah. Um. So I, I didn't think they were going to take him. Now, you know, having a couple days to think more about it, here's a player who, I, I mean, he's the – I think I, I saw this somewhere. He's the DK Metcalf of pass rushers. Yeah, right, yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable how athletically – freakish he is in every single i mean he's 99th percentile on everything yeah i mean his right his, so, his 40 was faster than rashad bateman's well it, it was <laughs> barely slower than hollywood yeah right well hollywood's never been signed <laughs> but yes yeah I, I know what you're saying yeah well what hollywood claims yeah yeah right, <laughs> right? exactly i mean so i mean this guy that's that's crazy now how often he's going to be running 40 yards i sure hope not very often because that means he's chasing down a long run yeah but but like his explosion all of that is is really impressive. You know, when we talk about Rashad Bateman being a high floor guy, now you follow it up with Owe, who's a very high ceiling guy. Yep. You know, and now he comes in, he can learn from a Pernell McPhee. He can learn from insert veteran pass rusher that the Ravens have reportedly worked out uh, before the draft, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> in Justin Houston. So, it, you know, if the Ravens were to make a move like that, which I think they still could. Um, you know, so he he can learn from those guys, kind of sharpen it up. I mean, we're talking about a guy who didn't start playing football till his junior year of high school yep. and yet was one of the top recruits in the country. Yep. He didn't start playing football till his junior year. And he went to Penn State and then not <laughs> and then he just didn't go to Penn State and flame out, right? I mean, he had a pretty darn good career there. 
didn't get a ton of sacks, but like caused a lot of disruption. I mean, he was a player, you know? Yep. And so I, I'll take this one on the chin that I didn't think the Ravens were going to draft him. And I'll also say like when Wink Martindale blasts the people who just watch the highlights and look at the stat line and don't really watch the film. Well, ding, ding, ding. You hit me. I, <laughs> He was. You know, he could have just addressed that one right at you. At well, Ryan that's, that, I mean, let's be honest. That's ninety nine percent of the people out there, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't. Ha- sorry, I don't have three hours to break down. You know, Odafe Owe tape. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, but I trust that the Ravens who do break down that tape and a lot of you know a lot of the reports that you see from around the league of executives and scouts and the you know the AFC scout says you know those guys are like yeah this guy is a beast you know so yeah well i okay, trust yeah, them for sure i i there was you know as we were just getting uh ready for the odafe away press conference yesterday i was kind of standing around and talking with with uh wink and drew wilkins uh as as we were waiting for him to get here and and you could just tell that they were excited like you could just tell that there was real enthusiasm on their part to have him here and that made that makes you feel good you know like you, if the, the guys that are going to be coaching him to see that excitement that makes you feel good um, yeah. And then when I had a chance to, to talk with him, I liked his attitude. He's got a little bit of like he, – he really felt no nonsense on Thursday night. I thought he kind of lightened up a little bit when he was here in the building. He showed a little bit more of his personality, but he's still got a mm-hmm. serious streak. He plays – everyone that you talk with about him says that he plays incredibly hard. He never, His motor is nonstop. And like those things are just – those are things that sound like a raven. So, yes yep. – um, I think yeah, the, there's still there's still like some developmental traits. There's still some development that needs to be had, and and but the, if you if that develops and gets refined, working with a really good defensive coaching staff, which it should, then all of a sudden you have this disruptive force on the edge, and yeah. you're in a great spot. Yeah, I uh, you know it, one uh, last thought on that is. I had the Ravens taking Aziz Ojulari, and what I liked about that is his explosiveness off the edge. You know, he played, he plays hard. You know, and he's still kind of he's physical on the edge. You know, and he had the production. Now he's significantly smaller than Odafe Owe, right? So now when I look back on it, I'm like, okay, here's Owe, who's like three inches taller and bigger, and he still has the same explosion, if not more than Aziz Ojulari does, right? So, like, he he's more of a Raven just from a size perspective of what they look for as an edge linebacker. Yeah, you know like, what I mean? He is physically impressive. Like, when he walks, well, when he got out of the dude. car, I was like, oh, okay. I can see I can see the why you were impressed. And and, and Drew Wilkins talked about how his workout was, was the best he'd ever seen. Like, oh, okay, I can see why. I can see why. So, um, you know, that, that one... I'm, I was with we were we were aligned on that going in. We were aligned in being wrong. We were both equally wrong on on <laughs> that one. Uh, but I can see why the Ravens ended up taking him, and that's what Jeremiah tried to tell us. You know, six weeks ago or whenever we had him on the pod, we should have just listened to him at that point. But maybe we'll learn our lesson next year. All right, let's keep it rolling uh, here a little bit. We already talked about Big Country Ben Cleveland. Haven't talked about Brandon Stevens, who the Ravens took uh, in the third round at one hundred four. Uh, this is a guy who was a running back at UCLA. Then he transfers to SMU, ends up uh, playing cornerback, and the Ravens project him really as a safety. 
So, a little bit of everything here. I mean, you're talking running back, <laughs> yeah. corner, safety, oh, special teams. A lot of transitions yeah, in his life. Yeah, a lot life. of transitions going on. Again, a somewhat developmental. I, I, I want to ask Eric about this when we have him on the podcast, which we're hoping to do this week. Is It just seems to me like the Ravens are trying to find ascending players who they get great value for because they're not a complete product, they're not a finished product. And, and Stevens, to me, is a good example of this. If the Ravens feel like he can be a rangy, ball-hawking safety, well then, and you got him, you know, in the end of the third round, well then that's a really good pick. And so mm-hmm. I think that, like, my expectation on him this year is probably more of a special teams role. The Ravens have their starting safeties, but they hope that he's a developmental guy and then he can turn into something special. Yeah, I mean, I would probably say, in my opinion, that Brandon Stevens is the riskiest pick in this year's draft because it, it's a projection like mm-hmm. we're talking about. You know, here's a guy who, like you said, switched positions, and now he's going to switch positions again, right? I mean, he he, I don't know how much safety he played in college, but it was mainly at corner. Um, so, you know, that's it's a projection on the Ravens' part. You know, I'm sure there are analytics involved in this pick. And, and just a lot of scouting in, in trying to envision what this guy can be as that versatile back-end safety guy. You know, and they saw him get his hands on a lot of passes, led his team in, in PBUs the past two years despite being a, a converted running back, you know, and, and had, I think, what, 21 the past two years, something like that. So it's a projection. The Ravens don't need him, like you said, to step up immediately. And we'll see. You know, I, I think we'll see if the Ravens really hit on this one. But it's uh, it's a bit of a gamble. Right. All right, so now that day three, we talked about most of these guys already, but but Tylen Wallace, you try to you know, you want your half point, regardless of your mock. This is somebody who was mentioned in the as a day two, as a likely day two option. And and he felt like he was gonna go higher than he did. Had the torn ACL. Also his brother has serious knee issues, tore his ACL three times, right? Three times four surgeries. And you know, you asked him about whether that maybe was scared some teams off, and, and he admitted maybe, like it, it might have. Um, but I mean, they're twins. Yeah, they share the same genes. Right, right. So I'm sure that's what a lot of people in draft rooms were saying. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 then that may have scared some teams off, and that may have been why he he went at, at you know 131. However, I mean, this just injects some competition, like for James Prochet. Uh, Devin Duvernay, he's going to bring some competition. He's he's <laughs> like that group. They got the, they got another top end guy, but then they also had somebody Miles Boykin. Like as you look at this receiving core right now, to me it's hard to figure out who's going to be the five to six guys on that on in this group because you have Hollywood. I'm not going to do our 53 man roster prediction right now, but you have Hollywood, Sammy Watkins, Rashad Bateman, Devin Duvernay, uh, Tyler Wallace. Uh, Let's go through this again. Yeah. All right. The top two guys are going to be Hollywood and Rashad Bateman. Okay. And theoretically. Yep. And Sammy Watkins. Yep. Right. There's your top three. Then four Duvernay's, is Duvernay. Duvernay's That's mainly your slot guy. Yep. Right. Then you have James Perchet and Tylen Wallace are your guys competing for fifth and sixth positions. Yep. On the roster. And then there's Boykin. And then there's Miles Boykin. And, uh, and I'm sorry, and Miles Boykin. Yep. To me, Tylen Wallace is the Miles Boykin competition. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That that primarily, I think, is he's most similar to him as a um, an outside ball-winning possession kind of contested catch. Big, you know, I mean, Miles is significantly bigger, but 
that's kind of the mold that Tylen Wallace is in, right? And so, and he's a good blocker, you know, like Miles Boykin is. Um, so, you know, if he can, that that's a competition. If he can block as well as Miles Boykin, and he's a bit more productive as a pass catcher, you know, then he's going to get some reps. Um, and, and I'll tell you, Tylen Wallace was pretty darn impressive and productive at Oklahoma State. Now that's an air raid offense. Yeah, they throw the ball a lot there. There, you see a lot of wide receivers come out of Oklahoma State with some big stats. So that's just one thing to put in your head, you know, in this evaluation. But the dude is a sophomore, caught 86 passes for 1,491 yards and 12 touchdowns. Yep. He scored 26 touchdowns in his career. I mean, this guy's put up a lot of numbers, does a lot of stuff really well. You know, his coaches talk about how he's just a grinder, no diva about him, just a team player. That is great for the Ravens who don't throw the ball a lot. He's not going to put up those yards in, in Baltimore. I can almost guarantee it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like, but this is a guy who can make plays for you. And, and, and this was kind of the thing I was talking to uh, my father-in-law about today was look, when you look at the Ravens wide receivers at the end of the year, it, you, you can't, as much as Rashad Bateman says, I'm, you know, a thousand yards or whatever, you just can't judge them on the traditional metrics because of the way the Ravens operate their, their offense. But if Rashad Bateman comes in and he makes that catch to move the chains on third and eight routinely, yeah, he makes that play, right? He, he, he makes the catch in the red zone. He becomes a great red zone target for, for Lamar Jackson, right? Maybe he only puts up 700 yards and people might on the outside, look at that and say, well, you know, that wasn't a good first round pick on Rashad Bateman. You know, that didn't work out very well. But you know what? If he makes the plays that come to him and they're winning plays to win football games, the Ravens are going to be more than happy yeah. with what they get from their, from Rashad Bateman and any other wide receiver. And that's what they're doing with these picks. It's not about getting guys to put up huge numbers. It's getting improving the efficiency. They need to make the play when, when it's there to be made. They need to get open when the Ravens need to throw the ball. When the Ravens are trailing by two touchdowns, they need to make big plays. Like They need to make the plays when they come. Yeah, and this is... As we've talked about a number of times, this is about the offense as a whole taking a next step, becoming more balanced, adding more productivity in the passing game. And the Ravens yep. have improved the passing attack with the addition of Bateman, with the addition of Wallace, and with the addition of Watkins. A lot of W's there I had to run through. Well, and the, and the offensive line. I mean, don't forget... Zeitler, yeah, that, that one. I think that one's still. Uh, I, I like. I like the moves on the offensive line. That one still, to me, remains to be seen because of the loss of Orlando. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, so you improved right. on the interior, but it remains to be seen that pass protection at right tackle. Yep. So you know, we we talked briefly. Uh, Dalen Hayes. Uh, just a quick note on him. Just seems like an incredibly high character guy. Talked about wanting to be involved in the community. I was just really impressed with his press conference. Just seemed like a it would not surprise me at all if uh, he was a red star guy on that board. You know, he he just uh, he seemed like he had all of that off the field stuff um, that the Ravens would want, and was impressed with him. And and Ben Mason too, like hard nose, rugged football player. You know, seems like this guy would go out there and play in a leather helmet and be just fine. That's the kind of <laughs> attitude that he has. I mean, he's talked about his mentality. He said, when I go on the field, I believe I'm the baddest dude on the planet. So that's the type of guy they're well, getting. No, 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 no. The baddest guy on the field. Baddest, baddest guy on the field. You baddest. just expanded to the entire planet. Baddest guy in the universe. <laughs> baddest guy in the universe, what he said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ben Mason's awesome. 
I mean, heck, I'll take, give me two Patrick Ricards. I love Patrick Ricard so much that I'll take two of them. I'll clone him. I'll clone him. Yeah. I'll clone him. I mean, you know, Ricard's going into the last year of his contract. How expensive is he? You know, how much are you going to pay for Patrick Ricard? I think we'll see, you know? Yeah. Uh, um. So I, I think, you know, of course, that's assuming Ben Mason, like, works out, you know, and is what we hope he is. Um. So, it, hey, Patrick Ricard is so critical to the Ravens' offense and what they do, their scheme, that the Ravens are like, yeah, we need to make sure that we have that guy. Yeah, I think injury, that's what this yeah, like if he gets hurt, yeah, we need to have Yeah, if one. he gets hurt or if he leaves in free agency, somebody wants to pay him more than the Ravens, like, the Ravens need to have that guy. And Ben Mason, guy played defense, I mean, he's that guy. He's the clone. He's Spider-Man. Yeah. So um, I think that that's really what the Ravens are saying with that pick. Um, one guy we, we haven't touched on yet is really very much is Dalen Hayes. The edge from Notre Dame, uh, round five. Also, yeah, he's talking about his great character. He's red star guy. He's a red star guy, but I, th- you know, I, I, you know, we can't just say, oh, yeah, he's a great guy. That's and then end it right there. He's a football player too. We got to talk about that part. Yeah, I think he's he's more of a developmental edge prospect. Who who again, ascending player, but he's a little bit more developmental. But that's what you get in the fifth round is is a little bit more developmental edge players. You know, you're not getting. Uh, guys from big-time programs who had 20 sacks. You know, that doesn't happen in the fifth round. What I thought was interesting about him is, uh, you know, it's not a developmental like Grand Valley State Matthew Judon. uh, You know, here's a guy who put up huge production at small school. Eric DaCosta talked about they didn't – they kind of shied away from small school players this year because they were unsure about, I think, probably their development, you know, in a COVID season. Like – it was just in a COVID season with all the variables involved, it was just safer to go with the big school guys. And there ain't any bigger school than Notre Dame. Yeah. Right. And so I think you, you have a guy who was, uh, you know, kind of a, a, a little bit of a late comer also, a late bloomer, but he went to Notre Dame and, and really flashed, especially his last season as a senior, kind of put it all together, then played well at the senior bowl, and and the Ravens are like, all right, we can kind of see what this could become. Yep, yep, yeah. I think, and and as you mentioned earlier with Oway, same thing's true with uh, with Hayes. He's going to get to learn from some some talented defensive talented players on the defensive front, like a Clayus Campbell. I know it's not the exact same position, but I like the chance for for t- these young players to learn from a veteran like Calais. So, um, all right, last thing. What's your favorite pick? Who's your favorite pick? We got to sign I'm, off. This is getting long. Yep. I'm going big country, Ben Cleveland. You can't take him. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, I told you that was my favorite pick. So you knew that was coming. So you can't take All right. him. Well, you know, the, the low-hanging fruit here would be Sean Wade, but that would just be me tooting my own horn. As much as, <laughs> as much as I like to do that, I'm going with Rashad Bateman. All right. I'm going with Rashad Bateman. I, I think that uh, I have high hopes for Rashad and kind of snapping the Ravens' uh, – troubles at wide receiver i think this kid's going to be a player all right there you go so uh, we're going to have more coming up um we hope to catch up with eric tacosta this week go ahead and send us your reactions to the draft you can email us at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net uh, let us know what you think you can give make props for uh, hitting on his mock draft and uh, it was a good weekend i think the ravens got better this weekend no question about it and really exciting really excited to see these players in action so that's it for us thanks for listening and we'll be back with you next week